as we continue talking about grieving with hope, this week is part two of our story of Tamar and Amnon, where we introduce a third character, Tamar's full brother, Absalom. Now, whereas Tamar is a model of open grief, which is healthy, both Amnon and Absalom are models of suppressed grief, which is unhealthy. Tamar also gave us a picture of the hope of life in Jesus. But Absalom shows us an opposite characteristic of God. God is patient. Tamar grieves with hope. Absalom grieves with bitterness. Recall 1 Thessalonians 4, 13-14 says, Christians do not grieve like the rest of the world who has no hope because we believe that Jesus died and rose again. Humans naturally grieve death and loss, but hope in grief is possible. To grieve with hope, I have to believe in resurrection. We're going to continue in 2 Samuel 13 with verses 20 through 29. Her brother said to Tamar, Has your brother Amnon been with you? Be quiet for now, my sister. He is your brother. Don't take this thing to heart. So Tamar lived as a desolate woman in the house of her brother Absalom. When King David heard about all these things, he was furious. Absalom didn't say anything to Amnon, either good or bad, because he hated Amnon since he disgraced his sister Tamar. Two years later, Absalom's sheep shearers were at Belhazar near Ephraim, and Absalom invited all the king's sons. Then he went to the king and said, Your servant has just hired sheep shearers. Will the king and his servants please come with your servant? The king replied to Absalom, No, my son, we should not all go, or we would be a burden to you. Although Absalom urged him, he wasn't willing to go, though he did bless him. If not, Absalom said, Please let my brother Amnon go with us. The king asked him, Why should he go with you? But Absalom urged him. So he sent Amnon and all the king's sons. Now Absalom commanded his young men, Watch Amnon until he's in a good mood from the wine. When I order you to strike Amnon, then kill him. Don't be afraid. Am I not the one who has commanded you? Be strong and valiant. So Absalom's young men did to Amnon just as Absalom had commanded. Then all the rest of the king's sons got up and each fled on his mule. So the first action we see here in suppressed grief is silence. We saw last week that Tamar had been very open about her pain. She had cried torn her clothing, and put ashes on her head. Absalom recognizes her call for support, but his support is misdirected. He asks her if Amnon had been with her, but he doesn't seem to allow her to answer. He says, be quiet, my sister, he's your brother. Now this tells us a few things. If Absalom can figure out what happened without Tamar saying anything, then Amnon's lust for his sister might have been one of those family secrets that nobody talks about and everyone hopes will just go away. So there has already been silence 
in the household. And then he not only doesn't give her a chance to speak, but he tells her to remain silent for now. Don't say anything. He doesn't allow her to continue her healthy grieving process. Absalom himself is grieving for his sister and the wrong done to her. So he brings Tamar to live as a part of his household. And this turns out to be both a good and a bad act. The good is that he's ensuring her livelihood. Because even though this wasn't her fault, she's been made a less desirable choice as someone's wife. The bad side to this arrangement is that Absalom doesn't see to her long-term healing and restoration. He just tells her, don't take it to heart. You know, by saying that, he's not saying, hey, it's not your fault. Instead, we see by his actions that he's saying, don't think about it, don't talk about it, just act normal. Because Absalom has a plan. Well, don't think about it, don't talk about it is the wrong action to grief. The results of Tamar keeping quiet is that she lives her life as what the text calls a desolate woman, not a healed woman. Literally, it means a devastated woman. You know, Psalm 32.3 is talking about trying to keep our sins from God, but I think there is an application for suppressing our grief when it says, When I kept silent, my bones became brittle from my groaning all day long. Have you ever tried to keep a secret that you knew really should be shared? I remember when I was in high school, I had a friend tell me she was going to run away from home, and she meant it. She actually had a good reason to not want to be in her home. I was 16 years old, and I was kind of like Absalom. I had no idea what to do with the information that she confided in me. She didn't know who to turn to. I didn't know who to turn to. We both just kept the secret and both ended up emotionally messed up. Now, we also need to be careful about who we break our silence to. Amnon was also silently grieving a perceived loss, and he broke his silence with his cousin who gave him a plan to do evil. Tamar tried to be open with Absalom, but he didn't know how to handle it. But God can always handle it. You know, first we need to remember we can always go to God in prayer with our grief or with anything. But we also sometimes need a real flesh and blood person. And, you know, that's part of my job as pastor. And it's also the role of your spouse if you have one or your accountability partner. You know, one thing that I've learned since I was 16 is that while I'm open to hear everyone's grief, I'm not supposed to be able to handle or fix everyone's grief. I also give it to God. And with permission, may also say to a person, This is beyond me. Can we share this with someone who can walk with you better than I can? And I've never had a person say no to that request because I don't think anybody really wants to live in a silence that results in bitterness. So let's get back to Tamar and Absalom. From someone, King David hears about what happens and he is furious. But Tamar is not talking about it. Silence. Absalom is not talking about it. More silence. Amnon is certainly not going to talk about it. So no justice happens with the king. Now we've moved from silence to inaction. 
Now, inaction is not the same as patience. Patience is work. And the work Amnon should be doing is repenting. He's not doing that. The work King David should be doing is justice, but silence is preventing that. The work Tamar should be doing is healing, but she's prevented from doing that by Absalom. Absalom is doing something, but it's a wrong action. Absalom is planning to kill, and he's willing to bide his time to wait to make it happen. Now that may sound a little like patience, but it's not. Absalom is waiting. God is patient. The one who simply waits is looking for the right opportunity to strike. Proverbs 11.1 describes evil people as lying in wait. It says, if they say, come with us, let us set an ambush and kill someone. Let's attack some innocent person just for fun. They're waiting. But patience is providing time and opportunity for a right resolution. With our church, we're not waiting to have corporate worship again because we have the right to do that whenever we want to. We're being patient so that as we return, we are being good neighbors to each other and our extended families and our community by not spreading sickness around. We are patient because we love our neighbors as ourselves. And in our patience, we are working. We're making sure we are fully stocked on cleaning supplies. We are cleaning the building and making repairs and improvements while it's empty. We are advancing in community partnerships to serve our community. We're using our facility for events like blood drives, which can't be done in other venues at this time. Every week, we're improving our spiritual formation online. And we finally organized and delegated our care for one another. Patience is action, and God is patient. God is not sitting in silence, lying in wait for my death, when he will then come down on me like a ton of bricks and send me to hell. Second Peter 3.9 says, The Lord does not delay his promise, as some understand delay, but is patient with you, not wanting any to perish, but for all to come to repentance. God's gift to me is not only Jesus for the forgiveness of my sins, but the time needed to come to the realization that I need to put my faith in Jesus and to actually act on that. And that's the difference between God's patience and Absalom's waiting. See, God is also just, but he gives me time to repent. Absalom wants justice, so he bides his time to take revenge. Now, justice will come to everyone in this world, and I certainly want to be ready for it by having faith in Jesus as payment for my misdeeds. But let's finish up with our story. It's two years later. Justice happens for Tamar, at least revenge happens at the hand of Absalom. Silence led to an inaction, but that internal pressure of inaction will eventually explode into spite, which is hatred in action. Amnon kept his lust and grief on the inside until it exploded in rape and hatred for his sister and himself. Now Absalom keeps his grief and hate on the inside and it explodes in murder. Now Jesus lays this same scenario out as a pattern in the Sermon on the Mount in Matthew 5:21 through 28. Speaking about hatred, Jesus says, You have heard that it was said to our ancestors, Do not murder. 
and whoever murders will be subject to judgment. But I tell you, everyone who is angry with his brother or sister will be subject to judgment. And Jesus also speaking about lust says, You've heard that it was said, do not commit adultery. But I tell you, everyone who looks at a woman lustfully has already committed adultery with her in his heart. So these emotions, and specifically sinful desires that we keep bottled up on the inside, are like a pressure cooker, ready to explode into sin. So what happens? Absalom invites King David to a feast during the sheep shearing. And King David declines. So instead, Absalom gets David to send Amnon as his representative. Now, reading ahead, we know what will take place in the future between David and Absalom. I think the original plan that Absalom had might have been to kill David. And maybe all his brothers and sisters, but certainly David. And then take the throne and as king, kill Amnon. But either way, he definitely wants to kill Amnon. They get to the feast, Amnon orders his men to kill Amnon, and they do. Absalom's expressions of grief are silence and hate, which results in murder. And that's not the right response to grief. Hebrews 12.15 says, Make sure that no one falls short of the grace of God, and that no root of bitterness springs up, causing trouble and defiling many. That's exactly what happens to this family. It's passive aggressiveness, which will eventually become open aggression. It's certainly right to grieve for another's pain, but my response must be righteous. So how do we get out of this state of internal grief that leads to bitterness? Well, let's go back to Psalm 32, which says, When I kept silent, my bones became brittle from my groaning all day long. For day and night your hand was heavy on me. My strength was drained as in the summer's heat. Then I acknowledged my sin to you and did not conceal my iniquity. I said, I will confess my transgressions to the Lord. And you forgave the guilt of my sin. Therefore let everyone who is faithful pray to you immediately. When great floodwaters come, they will not reach him. This psalm is almost the equivalent of let it go, let it go. You know, that doesn't mean let it out and forget about it, but it's okay to righteously express ourselves and say, I have sin that I need to get out of my life, or this is unjust and makes me mad. You know, just this last week, I had two very intense conversations with godly Christian men about Ahmad Aubrey. I think in both cases, we agreed that the facts are still not all in and maybe we'll never know all the truth. We agreed that we have different life experiences. We also agreed that the whole situation is a mess, but that we'd like to see justice. We agreed that there are some unjust things and unjust people in our society that, as Christians, we should stand against. But there was also disagreement expressed in these conversations. And to one man, a brother in Christ, someone who I admire and who I have asked advice from, made a specific statement and I felt I had to respond to that statement. I said, what you just said is the epitome of white privilege. And I think when I said that to him, he was shocked. Now, I didn't say it to be mean, 
And I don't think he took it as mean-spirited. But it had to be expressed from my point of view. And then we stopped talking about Mr. Aubrey, and we had to work through privilege, both of us. And in the end, neither one of us hated each other. Nobody was dead. Nobody was destroyed. In fact, we told each other that we loved and respected each other. That kind of healing process can't be done with silence and suppression of hurt. It took patience and talking. It took work and love. And God can do that same work to heal all our grief, whether that be a form of hurt done to me personally or an injustice done to another. And so with that, let's pray from Psalm 66. Bless our God, all you peoples. Let the sound of his praise be heard. He keeps us alive and does not allow our feet to slip. When we are tested, you bring us out refined. When I feel trapped and burdened, I am like I feel like I'm being stomped on, like I'm being drowned and burned. Still, you bring me out to abundance. Come and listen, all who fear God, and I will tell you what he has done for me. I cried out to him with my mouth. If I had been aware of malice in my heart, the Lord would not have listened. However, God has listened. He has paid attention to the sound of my prayer. Blessed be God. He has not turned away my prayer or turned his faithful love from me. Amen. Now, I'd love to hear from you in the comments, on the text line, or on the connection card. Especially if you made a decision to give your life to Jesus. I also encourage everyone to take some time and reflect on today's message. Let me know or talk with a friend about one thing that resonated with you, one thing that challenged you, one thing that you want to learn more about, and one thing that you will do based on what you learned today.